This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You good? Welcome in. Happy Monday, folks. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, ticketfm.com. Nick Sainer and Enrique alvarez Clary with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How was your weekend? It was fantastic. How about yours? Not I heard too you bad. were playing some Kino. I sure was. I, uh, I've never played Kino. I feel like Kino is a pretty Nebraskan thing. Yeah? I, I really do. Um, I... I, I not being twenty one, that's kind of the. Uh, it's all you can. The do. gambling, suffice. What a tragedy. Suffices my gambling. Yeah. So Kino, not bad. Um, yeah, I, I played light. I didn't bet too much on Saturday, but I'll say it again. This is my motto, and I just told Happer this once again. Never stop playing the game you love. You're so wise for being so. Young. I am a philosopher. What are you a philosophizer now? Philosopher Nick Sanders. All right. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those are open for you all hour long, as well as on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. You can interact with the show that way. Um, hope you guys had a good weekend as well. Once again, thanks again for everybody that showed up to Upside Bar and Lounge. That was a lot of fun. Um, good stuff there from DP for the first hour from 5 to 6. Then uh, The Truth with Kobe and CJ. Um, they had a couple guests. Derek Walker, Damian Daniels was there. Damian uh, D. Boogie, I walked up to him right right when he got there or right after he got off the air. I said, D. Boogie, don't. I said, I don't want any trouble. I said, I don't want any trouble now. I said, I, I get that your hands are strong. You should have put him in a headlock. I, I don't want it. And he's like, no, nah, man. He's like, we're good. We're good. And I'm like, all right, cool. You so I got put the, him in a headlock. I got the pass from, from D. Boogie. All right, we get this off the text line from Ellison, Illinois. And th- this is kind of what I was laughing at pre-show. Um, I've been listening to the stream in the car for the last hour and a half. Multiple times, you guys mentioned the um, the pregame coming up. But there's no point mentioned what it was a pregame for. I have no idea what sport is about to come on the air. So, Ellison, Illinois... The pregame is getting ready for this show. It's called the happy hour. And so before you go out, you pregame. And here we are. And so me and Rico joined Tom and Bach at the last segment of their show Mm -hmm. to do a pregame. Get ready for the happy hour. Um, Don asks, are we even doing the rush for the first text of the show? No, it's kind of died. We've kind of let that die as well. It's kind of sad. But you know what, Don? Yeah. Congratulations. You are today's. And the final. And probably the final winner of, of nothing. nothing. So we're going to start out this way. I'm still kind of in that bye week mode. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I kind of am in that still of bye week for Nebraska. Some people talk to the, the media today. We'll touch on that a little bit. Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost more specifically. Um, but then I also want kind of want to look back on this weekend. There was a little bit of breaking news a little over an hour ago from the Big 12 Conference. Uh, Texas Tech football, they fired their head coach, Matt Wells. After going 13 and 17 in his third season, uh, he is five and three this season. He was uh, Cliff Kingsbury's replacement, so he 
is out. It's so weird. And it sounds like their offensive coordinator is going to take the uh, interim role. Is that here. weird? Is that weird that a coach has a winning record? I mean, he he hadn't done well the previous couple of seasons, but he currently has a winning record mm-hmm. going into a big game against Oklahoma. And the athletic department decides, you know what? This isn't good enough. You're, yeah. you, you've, you've turned the program. I don't know if he's turned the program around, but from where you had it, you've got more wins than you had the previous two years. Um, you, you've kind of turned the program around from where it was, but we want to go in a different direction. What if mm-hmm. it gets worse? Like, what if, what if? Well, is that a fear here? Okay, we can do this in Le- to to Nebraska. Is there a fear that that happens? Well, I don't this year? think it can get worse than it already is, unless you go winless. Which, I mean, I guess is that fear in folks' minds at all? I mean, obviously, when you have people that say if Scott Frost can't turn it around, then who can? Yeah, you know, you've got those people out there who believe that you know the native son, the 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 guy who's from here, grew up here. You know, didn't come here at first, but decided to come back and and led you to a national championship. Yep. Um, if if that guy can't get it done, the guy who understands Nebraska and everything that it stands for, then you know nobody else can come in and do the same job, which is just false. But whatever, we're not going to touch on that right now. Um, there are, obviously there are people who believe that it can get worse than it already is, but. Mm-hmm. If Scott Frost were, you know, he everything stays the same the first couple of years, and this year he's, you know, five and three. I don't think anybody is is calling for. Well, no, you know, maybe that's it's pro- not that's the progress. Maybe right? it's still not good enough. I don't really know if if there's if there's been enough progress to keep moving forward. Maybe we should just cut him loose and and look for somebody else because that's what it seems like Texas Tech is doing, where they they've well, they've shown progress. They've won more games than they have before, and the administration has decided. You know what? We're gonna move on. It's not. This isn't exactly what we're looking for. Unless there's something else mm-hmm. underlying there that just hasn't come out, which I'm not well, going to speculate at. Uh, right now, I'm just going to go with they thought that five wins wasn't enough for let, some reason. Let me read this little thing from the article from ESPN. It says, uh, the Red Raiders were 5-3 and three this season, but Wells was just 7-16 and 16 in Big 12 games. Um, only two of those wins were against teams that finished with a winning record at the end of the season. In 2019, against an 8-5 and five Oklahoma State team, and in 2020, against a 6-4 and four West Virginia squad. Um, last year, Texas Tech finished four and six. He fired offensive coordinator David Yost, who had come with him from Utah State, and replaced him with uh, Cumbie, who is now the interim head coach. So, uh, Sonny Cumbie, uh, who played quarterback at Texas Tech for Mike Leach between 2000 and 2004. So that is coming out of Lubbock. Matt Wells, done. After um, going five and three this year. Weird. And so weird. Yeah, thirteen and seventeen in two and a half seasons or so. They have a they have a big game against uh, Oklahoma this week. So didn't even give. Well, I don't want to say didn't give him a chance, but here they didn't. Um, Didn't give him a chance to beat Oklahoma. All right, Rico. It was a decent weekend on the NBA side as well. It was. It was. I'm. It's right now. It's it's two ten. I'm going to give myself to two eleven. So less than a minute to talk about the Bulls. I have things jotted down. Oh, you have go. things jotted down. Okay. I have jotted wow. down, no, so I know sorry. exactly I'm what I'm ahead. saying. They are 3-0. and Chicago, they play Toronto tonight, mm-hmm. New York on Thursday, mm-hmm. and Utah on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They need to rebound a little bit better, but that's not surprising at all because they're pretty undersized. DeMar, at age 32, doesn't seem to be slowing down. He's averaging 21 points and six boards. Chicago is the fourth. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> 
Chicago is the fourth best defense in the NBA through three games. And it makes me feel confident about taking a bet that they'll finish seventh or higher. Okay. And I did that in 40 seconds. Look at that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Congratulations. Do you want to do the same thing for your Knicks real quick? 3-0. Uh, I don't. I don't need a minute. They're two and one. They're they're playing great. Their last loss, uh, they kind of fell asleep after going up by double digits against the Orlando Magic, who they had beaten the breaks off of the uh, the previous game. Uh, their next three games, they have the Sixers uh, tomorrow on TNT. Then they've got Knicks Bulls, and then they finish up uh, October with the Pelicans on the thirtieth. What do you want to do for Thursday's game? What should we? What should we? Uh... What should be on the line for Thursday's game between the Bulls and the Knicks? I don't know. Lunch. Okay, that's fine. All right, let's move Wait, on. Wait, want to do something else? What, were, what did you we, have in we mind? We always do lunch. That's what it always has. Okay, been. then what do you want? You I have something know. else in mind? Come maybe, up with something. Maybe we can talk. The text line's usually good at this as well. They're good at, at figuring out ideas. Um, let's talk about the Big Ten West for a moment. Hold on. Eric and Lincoln says, true or false, John Morant will win an MVP someday. I'm going to go with false. Ooh. Do you have a reason? Um, no, not really. I just think there are way too many great players in the league. I think he'll be stuck on that that will he, won't he win an MVP type thing. He'll always – I feel like John Morant, after a couple of these stars retire, will mm-hmm. always be in the running or talked about as an MVP. But currently, I don't think – I mean, his game leads to many highlights yeah. uh, and great things to talk about for, for weeks on end. But I don't know – if he stays in Memphis, if he will win an MVP. Too small of a market, is that what you're saying? No, I just don't think I just I just don't have faith in Memphis. Like just as a whole organization. Interesting. He's averaging thirty five a game through three games. I understand it's it's a small sample size. Um but he also has to contend 19. with Luka Doncic, Trey Trey Young, mm-hmm. um is Nikola Jokic. Like there's so many people who are you know, younger, a little older, or or right around the same age as hmm. John Morant, that will probably keep him from winning an MVP. How's Trey Young start to the season gone? Through two games, twenty one and a half. So not bad, not bad at all. Interesting. That's it. I, I would go true. Actually, he'll definitely be in contention. Uh, yeah, I'm saying he he'll be in contention. I don't think he'll ever win one though. I don't know. I feel like once the era of Steph Curry and and that kind of group of players moves on, but you think he'll you think he'll he'll play better? I would take, than Luka Doncic or Trey Young, or or Nikola. Like all those guys are around the same age as John Morant. I, th- I feel like the one, one of them already has an MVP. Luka Doncic mm-hmm. has been in MVP conversations yes. the last two years. Yes, Trey Young kind of made his splash entrance in into superstardom into the postseason last year. I think that's three right there. Going forward, I feel like Luca is probably the. You've got hard, Zion. The yeah, but Zion hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's not healthy right now. I know, but right now, you know, we're just saying. I mean, John Moran, like he's been able to be healthy, but he's very explosive. The last time we saw an extremely explosive point guard was Derrick Rose, and we know what happened there. Hopefully, you know. Oh yeah. Praying, praying that nothing bad ever happens to John Morant. But the way that his game is structured right now, he's very explosive, and that takes a toll on your knees. So, do we feel like he? To win an MVP, he needs to be in a di- on a different team. Uh, I think he would need to be in probably, like you said, a bigger market, um, and possibly work on. Possibly, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's hard. It's hard, but I don't know. His his I don't know, man. I just don't see it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, there you go, Eric and Lincoln. 
Um, if Trey Young only plays the Knicks, he's unanimous MVP every year. That is true. <laughs> he did play well. Q-Dope guy Zion is fatty McFat fat. I, he was north what's, of 300 what's he, what's pounds. He, measuring at? he was north of 300 pounds this offseason, he said. What's, uh, what's he measuring Have you at seen now? the pictures from last season during the season compared to this no. uh, this preseason, like when they were doing like media days and stuff? No. The dude's face is a circle now. <laughs> like he, he looked strong right. and in shape. He still looks strong, but he looks like a, like a squishy strong. I'm going to look up Zion Williamson 300-pound pictures. Sounds like you're saying John Ryan is more explosive than Westbrook. No. Westbrook, okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's talk Westbrook, about Westbrook. Westbrook is itch. explosive, but Westbrook is an aggressive explosive. Like, when yeah. he dunks, it's not because he's – I mean, obviously he's skying high because he's only, what, 6'3". Six, six he's skying high, but the way he dunks, it's like the rim owes him money. John Morant's more like a fluid explosive. Zion was a big like fella. He fly, yeah, he's <laughs> sorry. Like okay. he fl- he floats <laughs> through the air. Like if you saw last night, his uh, his uh, uh, Michael Jordan esque layup where he went up like he was going to dunk it and kind of had two Lakers around him, decided to pull it back down and reverse yeah. it off the other side of the off the backboard. How how many? He's extremely explosive and extremely flashy. I just don't know if his game. With the, he, I don't know how many assists he averages, but he he could average more. Would lead to with Rus- Russell. You're saying would lead to more MVPs or a MVP. Are you talking about Russell there? How I was talking about Ja. Ja. Yeah, Russell. Russell's not having three, a great start to the 12, season. 12 a game. Mm-mm. Interesting. Yeah, I. Uh, it took Carmelo Anthony being the leading scorer for the Lakers to win a game, and that should not be happening. And I love Rico, Carmelo Anthony. Rico, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm seeing these Lake this Lakers talk coming up across your timeline on Twitter and stuff, and it catches me off guard every single time because I. <laughs> it's just a, I, it's like every once in a while, like I'll retweet like one thing that talks about Carmelo Anthony and the Lakers. Mostly Knicks, though, of course. Westbrook won MVP after extremely aggressive, explosive season. Yeah, yeah. He also averaged a triple double for the first time since uh, Oscar Robertson did, which is why he won an MVP. And then, as you noticed, he averaged an M- or a triple double for the next two seasons and didn't win an MVP. I'm trying to look up Russell's stats here. Twenty-two, eleven. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, yeah. And his seasons are always aggressively explosive. Yeah, he's definitely a slasher, dude. He just he took off after. After Kevin Durant left, he took more of the scoring load and decided to become a do-it-all player, um, which led to an MVP and some decent success getting to the playoffs, at least. Do you think he'll work out in L.A.? Westbrook? Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fine, but... It's not going to be as... I don't think he can be the starter. It's not going to gel as well as, as people were kind of expecting or hoping for. No. Because he needs to, he needs to move to the bench and be, be a second be guy. unit guy. He needs to be the he guy on the second unit. He cannot run with LeBron James and and Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and apparently DeAndre Jordan is their starter, which I still don't understand why he's not a he is not a starter in today's game. Um, but <laughs> you've got LeBron bringing the ball up court. You're asking Westbrook to be a spot up of some sort, and he's he's not, not. A, he's not a good shooter. No. So unless he can turn that around, I think he needs to run with the second unit and run that while you have Rajon Rondo running with the first unit because he's more of a, more of a facilitator, um, and he has a better jump shot than Russell. Still not a great jump shot, but he has a better jump shot than Russell, and he works better off the ball. 
and to me at least is a better defender not as aggressive of a defender like if he gets the ball uh if he steals the ball in the open court you know he's not going to be a highlight play but he'll make the he will always make the right decision when he has the ball here's an interesting because westbrook is averaging north of four turnovers a game currently i believe here's an interesting one because his his plays really elevated over the last year and a half or so um well we can do both two guys on the celtics jason tatum and jalen brown I feel like Jalen Brown has a better shot at winning the MVP, but Jason Tatum might be the better player. If that makes sense. Because his game, Jalen Brown's game is he's a better Brown's, shooter. Jalen Brown's game is streaky. Jason he's, he's Tatum pretty, is more Jason good, Tatum though, is more consistent. I still Jason Tatum is the best player on that Celtics team. He is the, he is the better player on that team. He's more consistent than Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is more of a volume shooter scorer mm-hmm. who when he gets hot as you saw in the very first game yeah. can go could not, could can go off and take over a game could not miss but Jason Tatum you know it hasn't really shown up but he is he is the better player he's more of a more of a consistent shooter i know saying this right now with with what he did against the Knicks is kind of kind of crazy um but he he's a better shooter more consistent he he scores in a variety of ways and I think he's more well-rounded than Jalen Brown is. I would agree. He's better down low, big time. Um, last time out, Jason Tatum against the Rockets on sa- Sunday, 31 points, 12 of 24 from the field, nine boards, two assists, one He scores block. effortlessly. Like, he'll, he'll, put up th- he'll put up 30 points, and you won't realize that he put up 30 points. Yeah, but then he has those nights where it's two from 15 from beyond the arc against the Knicks, and... It's where, just, where is it going? That's just R.J. Barrett putting him in a putting him in jail. How could I? How could I forget that? Um, one more thing here before we get to break. Let's talk about Husker volleyball real quick. Because wow, they are on fire. They're playing extremely well right now. Beat number seven Purdue on Saturday to improve to ten to zero in the conference. Um, there was a point where they were down. Place. There was a point where they were down twenty two to twelve. Didn't they go on a ten to one run? Yes. Isn't that what happened? Well, it wasn't. It, yeah, it was ten to one because then it was up to twenty three, twenty three, twenty two, and then Purdue kind of shut the door. But they were down twenty two to twelve at one point, and I'm listening on my phone, and I'm just like, just get this first set over with, get on to the second set, and let's go. And they just put on a clinic with Kenzie Knuckles serving mm-hmm. the ball for I think six straight points. Um, just getting ace after ace, and it was it was beautiful to listen to. Obviously, I wasn't watching it, but listening to it was fantastic. John Baylor does an amazing job of painting a picture for you, mm-hmm. um, and that just kind of set the table for the rest of the rest of the matches because they they put on a clinic and and showed Purdue who the better team in the Big Ten really is. Yeah, they'll have to. Uh... And they they brought in Lexi Sun earlier than I believe they wanted to, and and with that, with Lexi Sun coming in in the second set, and and John Baylor. Uh, talking about you know they're gonna have to bring her in earlier than they expect to. It makes me believe that when Lexi came back, she she came back to school to finish out her education and you know wanted to stay on the team, but but knew that with these freshmen coming in and with everybody there that she would be taking a back seat. So she's completely fine with coming in later in games and being like a spark plug. Like yeah. when like when John Cook needs some points, when he needs, you know, somebody to come in and set the table and set the tone, he'll bring in Lexi Sun for a little bit to just, you know, get a couple of kills and she's also still a pretty good server. Yeah, Lexi And she, also great on defense. She didn't have the best best game, but it's also part 
partially her leadership probably out there as well. Um, four four kills on Saturday against Purdue. I, I think I saw and th- so Nebraska's first place in the conference. Wisconsin's nine and one. They're second. They play each other on Wednesday. Obviously, one player that you have to watch for on Wisconsin um, team is Dana Retke. Mm-hmm. She's six foot eight. She's a four time All American. Just a huge playmaker for the Badgers. They've also got another girl in there that's like six nine. So they've got yeah. two massive, massive ladies in there who who are going to pose a problem right there mm-hmm. uh, up against the net for the Huskers, but. Wisconsin ran into a little bit of trouble against Penn State. You yeah. know, took them to five sets. They had to rally and win the fourth and fifth sets to win that game. And and you saw Nebraska go up to Penn State and uh, you know sweep the Nittany Lions. I'm not going to look too much into it, but that makes me feel a little bit more confident go for the Huskers going up against Wisconsin. Yeah. So Wisconsin is our uh, winners of nine in a row. Their last loss came on September 24th. Um, at Maryland in five sets, two set, or three sets to two, obviously. Maryland beat Wisconsin there. But like I said, Nebraska hosts Wisconsin on Wednesday, 8 p.m., BTN. Then they have Minnesota on Saturday, which will be a good one as well. It's um, a nice two-game stretch. Penn State and Minnesota are tied for third in the conference with a 7-3 and three record in the Big Ten. Once again, Maddie Kubik led the way with 15 kills for the Huskers. Kayla Caffey came back strong, um, had 14 on Saturday. Putting a hole in the court. Yeah, and, and man, I got to watch her a little bit in high school since she is from or is in state. Lindsey Krause... The if she can when she gets up she puts an angle on the kill that it's almost impossible for any guy any person to dig and so that's that's really dangerous when Lindsey Krause gets rolling she had a good game I think I saw she had 13 kills on Saturday as well um, Lexi Rodriguez Rodriguez continues to impress she is all over the court she led the way in digs once again on Saturday wouldn't be surprised if she gets freshman of the week again and I wouldn't be surprised if Maddie Cuban third, gets player of the week it'll be her third one this is this is the eleventh. 11th? 10th. 10th straight match that Maddie Kubik has led, led the way in kills for Nebraska. And they've been 10-0 and 0 in the conference. So there's some correlation there. Give Nebraska credit also. On, on Saturday, and I was listening to this on the radio, and, and Lauren, Lauren Cook kind of talked about this for a brief moment, about worrying about Maddie Kubik's conditioning um, to an extent because Purdue, knowing that Nebraska wants to set to Maddie Kubik mm-hmm. quite often during the match, they're going to target her in the serve game so that she has to she has to get the serve receive then get lined up ready to ready to kill it as well give her credit that didn't seem to bother her that all that often she had quite a few digs to go along with it um that is Maddie Kubik. Well, so. I think with Lauren Stiverts coming back and Kayla Caffey coming back and the the addition of the extremely talented freshman um you know you're going to set up Maddie Kubik for a lot more kills mm-hmm. but with the talent surrounding her even if she she gets to serve receive and she she puts a nice pass up to Nicklin for for the set, um, she doesn't have to really worry about being in the exact right position because you know there's so many there's so much talent surrounding her that if she's you know if she's not ready and and Nicklin wants to serve it somewhere else they're totally fine and they're not really worried about you know we're going to go to to Maddie Kubik every single time. You know, we've got we've got Stiverns coming on a slide. We've got Kayla Caffey in the middle. We've got the talented freshman on the edges. Like, you've got so much going on there that I, I, I think that even if she's, you know, getting a serve receive, she'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she showed that on, on uh, Saturday. All right, let's go ahead and take our first time out of the day. We When we come back, we'll dive into a couple of things that Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez had to say earlier today as we get you ready for Purdue 
this Saturday. We'll do all that next here on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.